Trent Condit alongside LaShawn Daniels today on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. A lot of football talk. The excitement of yesterday has dissipated. Five-star quarterback Ty Thompson no longer visiting the Iowa Hawkeyes. We'll talk about that and how changes happen inside the Iowa football program. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon. He's LaShawn Daniels, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Available wherever you find podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. LaShawn, we talked to you here on Friday, and we saw it on Monday. Another pitiful performance out of the Hawkeye offense. Not the bull finish that we were hoping for. Nico Amaleva, he was very good, a very talented young guy, still has work to do as a passer. You can see some of those things, but uh, the running ability is definitely immense there. But obviously the storyline coming out of that one is what we saw out of Iowa offensively. And it was not just a season-long conversation, but what we've seen over the last two and a half seasons, this Iowa offense just can't figure out a way to move the football. Uh, a frustrating one, certainly on Monday, your takeaway from the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, yeah, just... Extremely frustrating performance from the offense. Um, when you don't have a consistent running game and all your passes are, you know, shorter than 10 yards, uh, felt like there was no there was no sort of momentum or rhythm that Iowa could generate whatsoever because couldn't run the football. Uh, Tennessee was doing a great job on back end and coverage, basically just sitting on routes because they knew there's no threat of any um, intermediate or deep passes. And then you get in third down situations and um, basically Tennessee is just allowed to tee off and, and, you know, blitz and bring a ton of pressure that, you know, Iowa at the end of the day just couldn't, couldn't handle. So extremely, extremely frustrating from the, from the Iowa offense. And then um, Tennessee from on their side of the ball, especially offensively, freshman quarterback did a tremendous job on, you know, making plays that, that had to be made, extending the play um, and getting the ball to the skill guys. Uh, when the opportunities present itself, they didn't put him in any too difficult situations. They um, emphasized the use of tempo when they have the opportunities to, to again, help him play fast, help the prevent, you know, I was defense from going ahead and, and making adjustments and doing things to, to confuse the young quarterback. So was impressed with, with, uh, you know, him and, and Tennessee's offense on being able to consistently move the ball and, and take advantage of really, um, you know, Iowa's mistakes and the fact that Iowa was on their heels the entire football game because and part of, you know, the offensive performance. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown for $20 off your first purchase. LaShawn, with that, um, a frustrating element that came out. We see Marco Lyonez come into the game, able to move the football a little bit with his legs. Didn't look real comfortable throwing the football. Now, Tennessee was also kind of able to tee off. They knew it was a throwing situation. I would have just loved to see something that we talked about, you know, a, a potential, even a couple of packages. You put them in for a drive in the second quarter, a drive in the third quarter, something like that. Something that 
a makes Tennessee have to think a little bit more and and prepare for a different type of quarterback, but to see what he has and they use these three weeks and he had this lead up and we've talked about this with you in the past, LaShawn, all the buildup that you have there, you know, giving an opportunity to young quarterback to see what you have, see what he can be and maybe make him a little bit more comfortable when he gets into the football game. I think it was a huge missed opportunity, not knowing what next year brings. Cade McNamara is going to be coming off the ACL injury, his second major knee surgery in the past two seasons. Who knows even when he's going to be ready to go and going to be a full go at it. I mean, very well might not be until August camp that he's able to make a full go. So with all that being said, I think Iowa missed an opportunity here to get Marco Linez more ready for the football game. And we saw he's got a long ways to go developmentally, but those legs, that was intriguing. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, uh, we've been talking for a while now about the quarterback position and really it's just shortcomings and where I know that I like my things that I like my quarterback to be able to do, especially when there's, there's really no spark in the, in the passing game whatsoever. And that's the ability of the quarterback to be able to use his legs. And, and I thought Marco did an extremely good job um, on Monday in the Citrus Bowl using his legs. Granted, I see Tennessee was sitting back, just making sure that, you know, you don't you know, get any, you know, cheap, deep shots or anything like that. But still, times when he got pressure in his face, he maneuvered, pulled the ball down like, hey, Miles will not make a bad play worse. Go ahead, let me use my legs and use my athleticism to go ahead and uh, pick up what I can get. And we were able to see that um, from him, which I thought was very encouraging. And, yes, he didn't look comfortable throwing the, the football because, again, late in the fourth, fourth quarter, uh, Tennessee's teeing off uh, and – it probably feels like things are moving a million miles per hour, especially you haven't been warmed up. Like you, you yeah. just get thrown in there at the end of the game. So uh, things probably felt, you know, moving at a million miles per hour, but I was super impressed with the way that he was able to at least help the offense move the football um, by using his legs and, and extending uh, plays. So I, I agree. I thought it was a missed opportunity. Um, it would have been great to see him, you know, get a lot more reps uh, in, in, in the game just because, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, jump on on Deacon because I'm sure he's already been jumped on quite a bit at this point. But uh, the the turnovers, the turnovers have been an absolute killer for the Iowa offense, and you know how much we've struggled on offensively the entire year. And when you have those turnovers, especially early in the game, you're driving, you're in the red zone, you have three points in your pocket no matter what, and you know you, you turn the ball over. Um, you know, those, those are just things that, that can't happen. And um, those are things that have happened time and time again throughout the entire football season. So it would have been great to see um, Marco get get some extra reps and, and see if he was able to provide a spark for the offense. And, and there's little reps that he got. He was at least able to, to do that and at the very least, you know, move the football. So speaking of the quarterback position, it looked like Ty Thompson, a former five-star I was recruiting him out of high school, out of Arizona. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast. He's coming in for a visit. What does this say? How exciting it is. A guy that can move. A guy that had great accolades coming out of high school. Uh, no longer uh, going to be visiting Iowa coming up this weekend. Sounds like the reasoning uh, from reporting from Tom Kakert of Hawkeye Report that he is currently I'm not sure about the offensive coordinator position without a sitting OC. That makes it difficult. And, you know, initially it was kind of surprising that Ty Thompson would take a visit here, not knowing who the offensive coordinator was going to be. And now 
that's not going to happen. So kind of comes full circle here, but just a little bit frustrating knowing that a guy like that at least was interested in coming to Iowa City, but without an offensive coordinator, they're not coming. Now, my question would be, they're eventually going to hire an OC. Classes don't start until, what, the 16th. What would her take in the visit this weekend unless there's something up and he's already uh, got his opportunity and knows where he's going? But why not take the visit and kind of see how that OC plays out? Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that the visit doesn't hurt you at all. I mean, unless, right, there's a school that another school that you're thinking of um, that is getting ready to start classes and, and whatnot, and you want to you know, maybe use that visit to, to head there, um, maybe because they might have, a, you know, maybe a more stable position, right? They, they know what their offense is going to look like. They knew the OC is going to be, so on and so forth. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you're not in that situation, right, like, the, the visit doesn't hurt you. Um, and then, obviously, like, as you get there, I'm sure that they're probably telling, you know, like the kids that they're recruiting out of the portal um, and kids that they're recruiting from high school in general that, like, hey, we have a plan a, a plan in place for the offensive coordinator. Um, and you probably get more information there, probably just from, from taking the visit and at the very least, you know, getting to interact with some of the other, you know, offensive coaches, the strength staff, and, and the city itself to see if it's, this would be a place you would, uh, you know, be willing to continue your, your college career. So, and in my opinion, yeah, it doesn't hurt. But of course, I'm going to say that because you know I'm an Iowa guy. <laughs> like, of course, I want you. To, of course, we want you to take that, take that visit, and and uh, you know, come check out Iowa City. But uh, I thought it was. I did think that it was interesting that he was deciding that he was going to come to to take that visit because hey, that's a player that you you would love to have in your in your program, right? The more talent you can get. Your program, especially, especially, especially at the quarterback position, is going to help your your team immensely. Um, so, yeah, it's probably just end up being because hey, you have no idea what the offensive coordinator is. And personally, I don't blame them. Um, it would be nice to have that kind of in place. And, and we talked about this, I think, in a couple pods now up to, up to this point, where hey, having an offensive coordinator in place, or at least the very least, having a short list of candidates that you know that you're going to go ahead and move forward with is something that could help you in in the portal in the recruiting process in general so it is it's unfortunate but you know who knows uh he he could end up still committing even without a visit but you never know changes coming to the iowa football program with that new offensive coordinator lashawn when you were with the university of iowa football program you went through some big changes as well after the 2014 Loss also to Tennessee in the bowl game. We saw some big changes. We'll talk about that. What change looks like inside the Iowa football program? We'll do that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use and so many ways to bet like same game parlays, live same game parlays. That's right. See how the game's going and then jump aboard that way. Find bets in the new explore tab, make a parlay in the parlay hub. And it's the best way to find the most popular parlays that are out there. And so much more from the future market to just normal game lines. They got you covered at FanDuel Sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet an easy one. That's FanDuel.com 
slash locked on for your first bet. FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Trent counted alongside LaShawn Daniels back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So mention 2014. You guys go down to Jacksonville, get clubbed. It was ugly. Uh, your boy, Jonathan Parker, the kick return that will be remembered for a long time. What, what was JP doing on that play? I don't know. I still don't know to this day. And I don't think anybody <laughs> knows but him. I don't think anybody knows but him. That was just a crazy play. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I thought, this is insane. <laughs> like, I've never seen something like this happen on a football field before. And, yeah, no one knows. He's, he's the only person that, that, would, that would know what's going on there. So, uh <laughs> That game was bad. And you had Beathard and Rudock, the decision. Then he had the press conference, something that Kirk hadn't done a couple weeks after the season came to a close in that game, basically announcing that CJ was going to be the starter. Jake Rudock eventually transfers to Michigan and finishes his career with Harbaugh early in his career with the Wolverines. But it was a lot more. Now, the main thing that was talked about was that you guys changed practice times. You went and changed practice times up, started early morning. I think there was a lot of ink that was talked about on that one. What else was happening inside the program? What are a few things also that was happening as you, you saw change, saw a different way that you guys were going about things after that disappointing end in 14? Yeah, yeah. It was it's, it was definitely more than just moving the morning practices, that's for sure. If it, I, like, I wish that moving the morning practices was the, the magical solution, but that, was, that wasn't it. Um, I feel like it definitely helped in our preparation when it came to the game weeks and, and things of that nature but like overall that that wasn't the reason that uh i felt like we, we turned turn it around for for starters um it helped i think we had a lot of young guys um the year prior in that 2014 season that were kind of just that were kind of just waiting waiting for their for their opportunities to plays and we had some really good players from that team a bunch of players from that team that you're still playing in the nfl now um, and, you know, even some from that team that, ju that just stopped playing in the NFL. So, like, guys that have played a lot of that were talented football players that came from from that team. Um, and then another thing about it is uh, I just felt like our culture wasn't as strong as it had been in the, the couple of years after. I just felt like there was just things there from a culture perspective that were just missing, whether it was – um, you know, guys from like young guys that weren't really buying into the program or maybe even older guys and, you know, that were part of the program that, you know, really just didn't fit, uh, you know, the things that we were trying to do from a culture perspective where, you know, guys felt like they, they knew better or, you know, uh, you know, there's just, there's things like that. Right. And it felt like when we went into that 2015 season, those were things that coach Ferentz, um, and the strength staff and the rest of the coaches were really kind of harping on us to, to, to change because that's where they felt like that's where we were. That's where the, the gaps were as part of the team. And it was, it was our job to fix that. And so so you started in the, in the winter time, started with the leadership group and you know, that, that carried over uh, throughout the season. So it was definitely something that was related to, to the culture that we had in that 2014 season. It just wasn't, it just wasn't what 
uh, it's been in the past and it was something that needed to be corrected. And I thought that we did an excellent job of, of correcting that. And because of that, it made everybody on the team better. It made, uh, you know, everyone working together better for both offensively, defensively, special teams wise, um, because our culture was stronger. People felt like you could rely on each other. There wasn't guys that were, you know, in each other's ear and, uh, you know, basically being energy vampires on, on the team. So I thought like those were things that, that helped change and helped us turn that, that new page. And it, it really even, it continued even into that 2016 season as well, even though, Hey, we didn't have as great as years as we did in, in 2015, but overall, like our culture felt, it felt strong. Like we felt like a, a team because as we got later into the year, like, if our culture was the way that it was in 2014, after that Penn State game, we probably would have just, you know, ended up packing it in, and you know that would have been that would have been it for the season for for us. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought it was the culture shift and getting rid of people, not necessarily getting rid of them. It was either they they you know decided to, to change their ways, or you know they they moved on to other endeavors because uh, it was a major culture shift from that 2014 to 2015. And right now, it doesn't feel like there needs to be any kind of culture fit. I mean, you look at the guys coming back from Jay Higgins. We saw Cooper DeGene is off, but real chance that Sebastian Castro is going to be back. Obviously, Luke Lachey. Culture doesn't appear to be the pro, uh, the problem inside the program. It's, it's just strictly offensively. So uh, that being said, whenever the new ho- offensive hire comes in, and be it Paul Chris, Joe Philbin, some crazy name, my hope, of course, Ryan Grubb, Andy Ludwig, you know, a guy like that, whoever it is, the importance of, of really making real change, real change inside that offensive system, what they're doing in the passing scheme, even an evolution in the run game, those kind of things is, do you look at it as Kirk needs to be a little bit more hands-off now, you know, kind of step back and be that CEO because as you get older, I think this goes for everybody. You get a little bit more conservative, the, the older that you get, if this is going to happen. And if I was going to have the, the big change offensively and just become at minimum competent, on the offensive side of the football, Kirk needs to be a little bit more hands-off now with the offense. Would that be a fair way to look at it? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's fair. Um, you know, because the way that football in general is moving, it's moving so fast. And mm-hmm. I think Coach Ferentz has done um, an excellent job with the special teams and defense overall as a whole. When you look at, you know, the, that those, those sides of the football, how they adjust and how they – been adjusting the way college football has been moving, right? Because obviously teams aren't just running, you know, eye formation, uh, you know, a couple dropbacks out of the gun, the game, right? Like it's, you got teams that are throwing it all over. There's new special teams formations when it comes to punt, punt, punt return and, and things of that nature. And I feel like they've done a great job there. Whereas the offense, it's been, it's been slow to adapt. And I feel like the way that college football is moving, the offense is the thing that's going to have to really, um, you know, time travel into, you know, the 24, 2024 year and, and, and beyond and being a little bit more hands off and letting someone come into uh, the, the building and kind of take over the offense, not necessarily, you know, change it and go completely air raid. Right. That's not that's not necessarily what we're, what, what we're going to be looking for from an offensive perspective. But, you know, be a little bit more hands off, allow uh, the new OC to completely revamp the passing game right and allow and allow that that passing game to help dictate the type of running game that you want to do and then i know that coach parents isn't going to want to go away from 
run the zone running scheme and, and power plays, right? For like to venture off too far from that, but definitely be a little bit more hands off and allow the OC to help, you know, marry those two areas of the football together. So when you get out there on offense, you're able to sustain drives, you're able to have some type of rhythm and it feels like you're able to, uh, when the offense gets out on the field, they can put up points, they can move the football and it doesn't feel like they're just kind of throwing plays at the board and making things that stick, trying to find stuff that sticks. It's going to be, uh, an offense that is cohesive and has some type of rhythm to it. And I think that that's where you're going to be able to do that is to let the OC really uh, take over and own that side of the football. So, yeah, I would definitely say that's a fair assessment to, for as Coach Ferentz does get older, uh, definitely be a little bit more hands off on the offense. Um, but obviously, yeah, you're still going to, he's still going to want to have his overarching um, way he wants the team plays. But as far as, way the offense moves and the way that the offense goes about it on a on a you know game plan basis and the way that you implement the playbook, I feel like you definitely have to be a little bit more hands-off. All right, LaShawn, I know you got to run here. I'll last 30 seconds, though. Your pick in the national championship game, our picks presented by FanDuel. Who do you got, Michigan? A four-and-a-half-point favorite against future Big Ten team, the Washington Huskies. You know... I, I have been big, big on Bama, um, you know, going into the to the Rose Bowl last week. But, you know, that Michigan impressed me, um, especially with the defense. I mean, the defense made stop after stop late in that game when Alabama was up, um, you know, 17 to 13 and was able to prevent uh, Bama from, you know, getting another score, another touchdown to make it a two-score game and essentially put that game out of reach late. And I was really impressed with their their defense and I've been leaning Michigan very hard but there's something about you know Michael Penix those Washington receivers which I think are just absolute superstars and Washington does an extremely good job up front um uh offensively so I feel like if Washington got in a position where Alabama was you know last week I feel like that because of how good the quarterback is that they would be able to take advantage of that and be able to push the ball down down the field um, a lot more than what Alabama was doing, and because of that, and because of how good I think Penix and those receivers are, I'm I'm gonna go with the the, the Huskies on this one. Um, but I think it's gonna be a great game, and I'm super excited for it. I'll, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to our continued conversations. Lashawn Daniels joining us here, former Hawkeye running back on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Lashawn, we'll talk to you again next week. Yep, for sure. Go Hawks. That's LaShawn Daniels joining us here. We continue on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Time to talk a little hoops. Iowa with the big weekend, both women's and men's, as they will get ready to face off against Rutgers. Starts on Friday night tonight against Rutgers for the women. They will take on them on the road. Some cool storylines coming out there. And, of course, then the men on Saturday in Carver. We'll talk a little basketball to wrap things up as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast.
Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in pricing, and a whole lot more to make Game Time the number one stop for you when you're looking to buy tickets. The lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection, job loss protection, so many things that means game time, the great app for you with those last minute deals. You can see your seat before you buy it. Know exactly what you're going to expect when you arrive at the game or event that you're heading to. Zone deals make you have the ability to pick the section and game time picks the seats with big time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, very simple. Create an account and use the redeem code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Trent kind of back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. All right, basketball coming up this weekend. Start with the women. And uh, not sure if you saw the pictures that were posted last night on social media. Very cool. They're playing Rutgers, hanging out in New York City, Times Square. And Brian Ray, the fine photographer for the University of Iowa Athletic Department, uh, formerly with the Cedar Rapids Gazette, now has taken over as the director of photography uh, for the university and the athletics. Does a great job. Uh, that iconic shot that you saw with the ball out of the hands of Caitlin Clark on the game winner earlier this week on Tuesday night against Michigan State. He was the one that had that, and uh, he does a really good job, him and Stephen Malley, with all those still shots that we get over the course. But that aside, being a Times Square Rutgers is not very good on the women's side. This is not the Rutgers team to see Vivian Stringer had for a number of years. They're down. They're 6-10 and 10 on the season. This appears to be a game that Iowa absolutely should be able to go into and really roll. I mean, this should be a game where it was tough. It was tough earlier this week on Tuesday night against Michigan State. You know you're going to get most everybody's best shot. I mean, that's just what is going to happen. Uh, in fact, right now at FanDuel, Iowa is favored by 27 and a half on the road against Rutgers. That's a big number. This should be an easy one. This should be one where you get Caitlin Clark off her feet because after this, it's going to start to ramp up a little bit more. And Witt is awaiting them next week. They go on the road to Purdue, an improved Purdue team. And then after that, a monster matchup against Indiana next Saturday night. That'll be a national Fox game. Prime time in Carver Hawkeye sold out with Mackenzie Holmes and company making their way into Carver, should be really good. So you hate to say that any game is a layup. This one feels like a layup. On the men's side, we talked about it earlier this week. You everydayers know this. The importance now for the Iowa men to get on a run. And I don't believe that this team is going to be able to get back into realistic conversation for the NCAA tournament. Uh, we've seen warts with this team. And though Ray McCaffrey's teams have pulled themselves out of the hole, the last couple of years, last year, they were 0-3 in the Big Ten and also had that ugly, just hideous loss to Eastern Illinois. year before that, they were 1-3 in the Big Ten before pulling themselves out. But this is still a really young team. Peyton Sanford seems like he's pressing at times, you know, got off to the good start against Wisconsin, but then that started to come back the other way. 
The reason, though, that it's so important for Iowa to start to pile up wins, Rutgers on Saturday, then Nebraska at home. A good Nebraska team, but still, it's a game at home, game at Carver, you should win. You get Minnesota after that on the road. Again, you're going to have to win that basketball game. The reason, though, is because of what they have waiting at the end of the season. They play Illinois two of the last four games of the season. They go to Northwestern, a Northwestern team that in their own gym, they beat Purdue. Pretty good there. You play Michigan State on the road late in the season. You still get Wisconsin one more time. You got to go to Maryland. So the schedule at the end of the season is important. This middle portion now, if you will, of the Big Ten. You got to pile up wins. You got Purdue looming still once again here coming up in a couple of weeks. It's incredibly difficult. I get that. But the reality is Iowa needs to play better. I continue to maintain Iowa needs a true point guard out there. It's time to give the keys to DeSante Bowen, to Brock Harding, one of the two, and let him cook. Let him go out there, get him 25 minutes. Let them be basically the full-time point guard and see what they can do and see if that can get this offense going. They're still good offensively. They're not elite. And if Iowa's going to win basketball games, they have to be elite offensively. They're just not good enough on the defensive end of the floor. And this defense actually statistically in efficiency ratings is better than the defense a year ago. But it's still bad. And we see that show up time in and time out. That's what we got to see. We will see if we see it in Carver. And we'll see what the crowd is. You know, no excuses. 11 o'clock game Saturday. Well, there's been a lot of angst about that versus the Sunday game. No NFL you're going up against. I mean, the excuses are out the window now. If Carver is not close to full tomorrow, that's going to be a scary look, obviously, for the Iowa basketball team. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Always appreciate everybody out there for hanging out with us here today. Thanks as well to former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels joining us and talking some Iowa football. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Also hit subscribe right here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, your team every day. That's what we do on the Lockdown Network. We'll be back with you over the weekend with an instant reaction to both these basketball games. That should be into your feed sometime on Saturday afternoon. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.